This is Rebuttal, presented by Extra Insights. The country has been in and out of lockdown since the onset of pandemic. Education has gone online, but the question is, can India afford online education at the grassroots level? My name is Vikram Pratap Singh and this is Rebuttal, presented by Extra Insights. A new education policy has been passed recently where MPhil has been discontinued. There are several other changes like mother tongue uh, to be a medium of instruction till fifth grade. There will be a common entrance exams conducted by the National Testing Agency, NTA, for admissions to universities and higher education institutions. Students will be given increased flexibility and choice of subjects to study. There is a particular fund with the Gender Inclusion Fund will be available to support and scale effective community-based interventions that address barriers to female and transgender children access to education as well. Today we discuss that in a country with education for all as the leading motto, can online education really make it to those who are the prime targets of the government initiative? Speaking for the motion is Pranith Roy. He's currently pursuing his MBBS degree and works in SSKM hospital. He's participated in several debates at the national level and is passionate about engaging in discourse regarding issues plaguing our country. Speaking against the motion is Kali Charan Shaw. Uh, he is currently pursuing his post-graduation from Jadavpur University and is the editor-in-chief of a leading Bengali news website, Khaburwala. Let me quickly establish the rules. Each participant gets a total of five minutes for opening comments, three minutes to share their closing comments. And opening round buzzers, first buzzer at three minutes, 30 seconds, second one at four minutes, 30 seconds, and third one will you know, signify time up. Second round, rebuttal and refute. First buzzer will be at 2 minutes, second one at 2 minutes 30 seconds, and third time up. The closing round will have two buzzers, one at 40 seconds and the other one at 1 minute. So we start with Pranit. Thank you for the introduction. So uh, whenever the question is, can we do something, can we do X, Y, Z? The way to answer that is not only recognize the challenges and address how the challenges will be met, but uh, also why we must... Uh, why must we do this? Okay. And the necessity of it. And I'll tell you the necessity in this case. So there is a demographic context to this debate. So our country stands at a very unique demographic point. And that is, uh, around, I won't bore you with exact numbers, but uh, more than 20 percent, significant population is very young in our country, very, very young at the adolescent age. And uh, so our country is primed to supply the workforce to the world. Now we can, it can be a demographic burden or it can be a demographic boon. So, the only way forward is education. So, education will decide which way we go. And uh, and there's one clarification uh, with regards to the target audience which was in the uh, motion. I mean, it is assumed that the target audience is uh, the children who do not have access to education. But I, I would equally say another target which we should not uh, miss is the, is the fact that a lot of corporates, a lot of industries find the majority of graduates in our country to be unemployable. They do not have the skills to be employed. And uh, and that is also a bridge uh, that we have to cross. And uh, I would say uh, they would also fall under the uh, target audience because ultimately the goal of our country is to make uh, as many people employable as possible. And uh, okay, the question is why online education? Why not offline? Now the problem is uh, seemingly Online education requires a lot of infrastructure, a lot of resources, but I'll tell you why that is not 
uh, always the case. There is more to that than meets the eye. And uh, uh, a survey conducted by uh, Child Rights and You and several other organizations found that there is a key. The, the key piece of infrastructure which is missing in, uh, the, in a lot of government state education infrastructure is not classroom, it's not classroom, it's not job, it is teacher. That is what is missing. And, uh, and supplying and educating teachers is something which uh, online education can do very well. Okay, uh, I mean, it is much easier for teachers or, or potential uh, teachers uh, who want to be or people who want to be teachers to aggregate and, and take an online course and only then will they be dispersed into several uh, peripheral centers to, uh, to teach on their behalf. And uh, so, so this is, so one may, so one assumes that what is lacking in uh, very rural places is a classroom. A classroom is never the limiting factor, it is a teacher. And also, we live in interesting times, okay, only a couple of days back, the government rolled out the national educational policy, where, where, whereby, uh, amongst many other changes, uh, students also have a lot of freedom to choose individual subjects. And uh, in this context, uh, it will also provide a great strain am amongst teachers, uh, teachers equipped to teach a variety of subjects, and even vocational training. Uh, you can't expect one headmaster to provide vocational training in many streets. So, the crunch of teachers can is something which can only be which can only be corrected by online education, and uh, I recognize I recognize there are many challenges forward because there is undeniably a digital divide in India. I mean, uh, in terms of access to uh, equipment such as computers or smartphones and access to electricity, these are the two uh, basic challenges which plagues our nation. And the and the thing is, uh, I am not saying tomorrow each and every child will get access to education. That's not happening. But uh, the question is whether our government will make a real and sustained effort to go to that end. And I think the answer is yes. Uh, electricity, the government uh, is uh, rolling out electricity to many, many villages or on a daily basis. Now, uh, now this is according to the Ministry of uh, Infrastructure now. For you if you do or believe that yes. But, uh, and also the government has launched a national uh, optic fiber network, yeah, NO, uh, and uh, so, the gov so the, there is a real sustained uh, effort from the government to provide electricity, to provide, uh, to provide internet facilities to even the peripheries. So, and the government has pledged to increase uh, the net spend on education by orders of magnitude, by 1.5% uh, of GDP, which is huge. Uh, so, other challenges, yes, but uh, but but this is something which is not optional anymore for the government because we have to understand that we think the unemployment is on the rise now. I mean, uh, by all accounts, in the next ten years, if nothing were to change, we would be adding 200 unemployed people in the country, and that would provide a significant social strain to our country. So it is not a choice. The government has to educate 200 people, 200 million people. Sorry, and uh, and the only way forward is uh, online education. And uh, why was I so semantic about uh, who the target audience is? Because uh, because why why do we focus on primary education? Because that is a tool of social mobility. Someone who's achieved literacy, someone who's achieved primary education can be employed at, at, at a certain level. But the thing is, that is not enough anymore. I mean, this is a, a variation of trickle-down education, if you would call it.
uh, wherein we have to also get the people who receive education on the face of it, people who are college graduates in many fields and many vocational fields. They are uh, being considered unemployable or unfit for hire by many corporates and many industries because the education system has not uh, has not been modernized. And and that is something we need to address too because because these people will also provide a strain on the services which are meant to uh, cater only to those who have challenges to access education, like uh, challenges in accessing round-the-clock electricity, round-the-clock internet services. And uh, so, the crux of my argument is that uh, we say that can we do this, can we do that. There are challenges here, but uh, the challenges, it, it is not a choice anymore. I mean, uh, the the senior, the social strain of 250 and the unemployment, the crime rate, the social tension which will be there when you have millions and millions of un, un, uneducated youth which are being churned out year on year. Uh, to address that, the only way forward is online education has significant benefits to uh, offline education in that uh, it can reach a larger audience. Uh, at one go, and because it's a one-time investment, it is a, honestly a one-time investment. Just one projector, one screen uh, can can serve. Uh, I mean, it's expensive, of course, but uh, but again, expenses is because of market forces, which can uh, which, which is subject to change. But uh, but one-time investment can keep uh, a lot of uh, can be a education multiplier as opposed to uh, the old-fashioned. Uh, dispatch teachers here and there with zero accountability you don't know if the uh, if the teachers are imparting quality education or not whereas with online education there is accountability there is there is a guarantee that the education is of a certain quality uh, it addresses a shortage of teachers it educates the teachers themselves in many areas and especially in this context of the energy where children um, are going to want to learn several vocational skills and several vocational abilities in that context. Yes, Pranil, uh, that's uh, your time and I think you have had some fantastic arguments uh, going for your way and I guess it's time that we let, um, you know, uh, Kali Charan speak and this is his, uh, he will be speaking against the motion. So uh, this is uh, Kali Charan. Kali Charan, uh, the stage is all yours. Before uh, before I start uh, the context of this debate, well, uh, the debate, the motion of this debate was: Can online education really make it to the uh, to those who are the prime targets of government initiatives? So first, I will point out what are the government initiatives we are talking about, or what are the government initiatives till now which the government has taken till now. Now, now uh, I will list out five initiatives which the government has taken till now to impart online education in India. Right? Number one is. Swayam Central. What is this? Swayam Central is government-owned, massive open online course which government has launched, where it has aggregated all the courses which which are there, uh, which are there, uh, provided by uh, uh, professors of IITs and IIMs and uh, of central institutes. Second number two, Swayam Prabha. This is uh, a channel which is uh, basically 32 DPS channels which government has launched, so that uh, students have to uh, students can watch on a television. On various subjects, from uh, starting from IIT to history to anthropology, so this, this has been launched by government. Uh, this has uh, uh, this has been uh, launched in 2016. 
then we have e-patshala which is uh, you can uh, you can get all the books uh, available uh, in a digital format then we have a national digital library which provides to millions of books to college students free of cost and number 5 is nptel for engineering students basically this is a certificate add on course vocational course for engineering students which uh, which basically adds value to their uh, to their degree right so these are the basic five uh, basic five uh, schemes which the government has launched in the last say 5 to 6 years to promote online education in india right now the problem here is that now the, uh, coming to the motion whether uh, whether it has made it to the student whether this scheme whether this government initiative has made it to the student or not or whether the end user has got their benefit or not the answer is a big no because number one people don't know this thing exists right because uh, uh, this things are wonderful things on paper let me tell you this things like swayam prabha is government owned massive online open course this a complete this a big this can can challenge for the ideas very day the quality of courses they have or the swayam uh, the swayam prabha that is to be a challenge imagine a student We lack in IIT courses or uh, studying for uh, studying for need can study free of cost study uh, uh, to this uh, DCS courses and these are uploaded in the website too. So this is readily available. But the problem is that there is not enough uh, there is not enough marketing of these of these uh, courses of these government initiative so the end user is not getting the benefit of it. Now coming to the next aspect of it is. What what are what hinders students from getting these facilities or uh, taking advantage of this initiative? Number one is the technical challenge, which Sonil rightly pointed out. But the technical challenges are threefold. Number one is electricity. Electricity access is not the problem. Each and every household in India has electricity. The problem is each and every household does not have 24-hour electricity, right? So in uh, in interland you get 18 to 20-hour electricity. But uh, suppose in prime time you don't get four to six hours of electricity. Major problem. Second technological issue is mobile phone. You don't have, uh, you don't. There are thirty-thousand villages in India which do not have a mobile phone connection. As if mobile phone connectivity hasn't been so delivered. Number three is internet issue. In the hinterland, say uh, if you uh, say uh, in the city of West Bengal, in the state of West Bengal, if you go outside, if you go in the interiors of Bhargram or uh, say uh, Bakura, Bishnupur, you have a lot of Internet issues and you don't get proper internet connectivity. Therefore, technological problems are there, and this scheme is not for the one percent liberal metropolitan elite or one percent of the metropolitan elite. If you want to target, if you, if you want to target uh, online education, it has to be for the market, right? So these are the three technological factors which hinder the uh, uh, the the flow of online education in India. Now. Secondly, what is happening is these are these online courses are self-paced, right? Right. So when when these uh, online courses are self-paced, people will say that there is too much flexibility, and that's the disadvantage of it. When there is too much flexibility in a uh, in a particular course, uh, what happens is people people uh, the students tend to procrastinate, and when they procrastinate a particular course. Uh, then they 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 hardly complete it. Like uh, if you look at statistics, like people take up courses on ETS, Coursera, or say the government portal of 
but hardly less than 10% of them completed right which is which uh, which is the lack of motivation or the poor time management because uh, it, uh, the online courses give you a lot of flexibility and what happens is students students don't take it seriously and students don't have that initiative that courage to complete that course right so uh, uh, this is this is how uh, you uh, don't complete the course now uh, people think uh, students uh, students are of the opinion that they need to go down you know uh, sorry for uh, courses or add on courses or certificate courses because they have they will have an easy way out they will have an easy way out in the course right which is uh, and there is so there is a lack of commitment to complete that particular degree and that is a major problem i think so people don't even complete that particular course they take up even if they pay for that course right so now uh, finally i would suggest a policy decision to uh, compensate what can the government do to solve uh, uh, this problem first of all if you want to solve the technological issue then a lot of people don't have access to tablet mobile phone or a laptop so each uh, government to come up here and they should provide low cost tablet or mobile phone to their uh, to the uh, to first generation so i'll just complete this point and end this end this end this argument sure. is that those who are first those who are first generation students they their their family uh, no uh, their uh, those are first generation graduates or their first generation uh, class 10 class 12 students uh, their family their family do not come up with a very uh, good background or their educated background so they government will come up and support them with uh, providing them with uh, low cost tablets so that these these students who are uh, last among the last reach the government initiative they get benefit of fantastic fantastic low cost tablets can you know do a lot of good uh, so uh, this was the first round and we we will head into the second round where we can go for the rebuttals and refute so we will begin this round with uh, pranit uh, you know uh, can uh, go ahead with his uh, rebuttals so uh, pranit uh, the stage is all yours yeah uh, respectfully i would like to summarize First, he spoke about how government initiatives have not penetrated uh, to the uh, interiors of our country. I agree 100%. And uh, he echoed my concerns about the challenges of uninterrupted un electricity and un technological uh, challenges, which uh, I agree with. And I'm very glad, okay, that at the end of his speech, he himself gave suggestions. And uh, I just want to say that government is aware of the challenges and suggestions such as low-cost tablets are absolutely on the table. Thank you for that. Uh, but uh, but here is what uh, I disagree, and what I find extremely condescending is that when uh, when we question the students' uh, motivation and commitment, I mean the the problem is when you are uh, looking at it and comparing it to okay, you know what are ninety percent students drop out, only ten percent students complete it. You are talking about students like us, metropolitan city, uh, or those who make optional, or who make an add-on. Uh, you use the word some students here as add-on. But in the interlands, in the interiors of our country, the students want CGS as add-on. It is a ticket to escaping poverty. It is a it is a ticket to escaping the the cycle of poverty that exists. So uh, I I think it's very condescending to question the motivation of students because the target audience is not in the uh, in the online education game to to achieve a degree or you know to satisfy their parents. They're there to escape poverty and. Uh, 
and and uh, and I, I disagree with uh, when we are questioning that courage we question are the courage to continue and and when you said uh, and, and uh, when you said about flexibility of the courses right uh, like oh the courses are so flexible uh, people do not take it seriously because there is a reason why online courses have to be flexible because unlike us who live in homes which are fairly comfortable each with amenities uh, and a lot of the target audience does not have that privilege. A lot of the target audience are daily wage workers who cannot invest a significant time per day in education. And uh, which is why the courses need to be flexible. I mean, we cannot advocate for rigid courses. Then we are just excluding a lot of people with uh, daily commitments, daily wage commitments from entering the courses. So, so that is what they found condescending. And as far as technological challenges, I would say the government is aware of it. Uh, Electricity, the situation is being improved, uninterrupted electricity, and uh, and courses which have the option of recording, downloading, and giving later. Uh, uh, the reason, I mean, a lot of courses have this opportunity to download the course and view it later is because a lot of villages have un uninterrupted power problems. So that when there is power, the student can log on to the course and can look at that when there is power, not necessarily at a fixed one, like this meeting, 1 pm to. Not like that. So, which is why the courses are so flexible. Of course, uh, electricity and technological challenge. The question is not uh, has it reached as of this moment. As Kali Charan very rightly pointed out, he named five government initiatives which have not benefited well. Of course, it has to be marketed properly. Of course, marketing is a limiting factor. But the question is can. And I think sooner or later the focus will have to. That is the crux of my argument. Right now, the focus is perhaps not on uh, on education as much, but but I mean, for for the current government to uh, reduce spending in and the Ayush department and increase the spending in education department means to recognize the problem. The BJP government doesn't do that. And okay, I don't want to sound political, but for a government to increase the spending in uh, the education GDP by 1.5 percent of its total GDP is a significant step. That means they're recognizing the fact that to address the growing unemployment challenge in our country, which and ultimately unemployment is the root of the crime of, of crime rates, of social tension, of, uh, of, a, of a lot of economic and social problems. The government is recognizing that. And uh, can it reach? Uh, I, I would say, so my forward answer to that is it has to reach. Fantastic. It has to reach. That is a fantastic, fantastic rebuttal. And now we uh, go for Kalicharan, Kalicharan's rebuttal. So stage is all yours, Kalicharan. Young uh, introduces young population, which is which is uh, which introduces online education. The young population, which is the unemployed, uh, unemployed will get the necessary skills to uh, make him stay employable. So that is not the case. Even in online, uh, online, if you, even if you provide online education, uh, even for example, say uh, a a girl or uh, say a girl who takes up a nursing course online. She is a Malayali and she, she also takes up an uh, online course, uh, online uh, language course in the Japanese, right? So both the courses are online and she gets a, she gets, she gets a job in the Japan in a, in a medical college, right? Uh, so uh, in a medical college and hospital and uh, uh, what happens is she, she again, even even with this course, she does not have the necessary skills to perform her duty because online education does not meet your soft skills issue, which a properly a classroom can meet. So even if you say that online education 
will solve the problem of uh, unemployment, of skill development, of vocational training, of making them employable. Which industry says that students graduate are unemployable? Even in online education, we should support the process of work. That is my first reflection. Coming to my second reflection, where I made uh, my point of too much flexibility, right? Now, too much flexibility is a problem because we are dealing with just to say teenagers and who have their own set of uh, mental health issues, own set of problems. And given, for example, say in the present context, say we have a semester of say one year or six months, say for take six months for example, and you give him the flexibility, you complete this online course in six months. So he for the next for first four months, he won't study at all. That is the nature. So with which which is happening in this self-paced course. You take a self-paced course, you can complete it in three years. Even if that even if you can complete the course in say 10 days, they give in this online platform give you uh, uh, to complete this course in three years or say whenever you want, no limit. So that is too much flexibility, which is very problematic. You should give tough deadlines, tough uh, homework, you need to be uh, you need to have a webcam on and you need to like uh, 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 interact, interact with teachers. So uh, probably uh, even if uh, that's not a live class, interact with teachers on uh, virtually through email, that is not happening in online uh, online courses, even if in advanced countries, right? People I'm not even leave India where there is not a technological problem, uh, where there is say uh, where there is countries where uh, you have uh, broader Flexibility is a big disadvantage, says Kali Charan. So, uh, with that, we come to the end of this uh, debate, but we still have the last round for the closing uh, statements. We can have uh, Pranil, we can start with you for the closing statements. Thank you. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll quickly run over. So, uh, there are basically two questions to address. Uh, one is, uh, can online education make people more employable? And secondly, about the flexibility versus uh, the flexibility in the rural scenario. So the first thing, uh, that was an excellent example. Okay, uh, a, a Keralaite wants to become a nurse in Japan and he took a Japanese course. And I think that symbolizes the exercise our government is trying. That is, you have to believe in your population. Okay, you can't say that, oh, you know what, this group doesn't have the soft skills. You can't do that, okay. And as an example, uh, in the US, you have 40% of nurses are actually Filipino nurses from the Philippines. And that happened because uh, they received their English education uh, separately and they received the nursing education and they immigrated to the US in large numbers. And, and, so, and okay, they had problems in the beginning, the language issues, cultural disconnect, but they overcame. And now you have a thriving Filipino nursing population. So you have to believe in the population. And over time, the soft skills can be acquired over time and over time, you will reap the rewards. Okay, so... Excellent example which served to uh, enhance my argument. 
and about the responsibility versus flexibility. Uh, uh, again, uh, it's very condescending to question the responsibility of a child who cycles uh, four kilometers, hours and hours to go to a school just to study. It's very irresponsible. We have to recognize the the, the point. Uh, okay, uh, deadlines are important, of course, but then again, it's even more important to cater to the lowest common denominator. And the lowest common denominator is people in the farmlands working 12 hours a day to earn their daily living, and that is the economic situation. And uh, and of course, I mean that is a very semantic argument. That's semantics, a very pedantic argument. Should we have flexibility? Should we have rigidity? Uh, that is for the government to decide. But I'm glad that we agree that uh, an online course can disseminate. Okay, when when Kali Charan is talking about online courses have flexibility issues, that means we are arguing that okay, online courses can penetrate and then uh, and that is the point of the debate. And then should we have flexibility? Or should we? In a very rigidly uh, subjected. And uh, as for uh, how online courses can make someone more employable, online courses have the advantage of modern pedagogy. Uh, our colleagues are teaching 30 year old syllabi, theories which are outdated. And online courses are updated, they teach modern pedagogy. And semantics about interactions with teachers, of course, all that comes later. But first, let us get our children into schools, let us get them educated. Fantastic. Let us get our children to school and let us get them educated and obviously the Filipino nurses. Right. So, uh, can we have Kali Charan? Uh, this, the stage is all yours. Right. So, to conclude, um, again coming to the motion, can online education really make it to the prime target of government uh, initiative? As I listed out five initiatives and uh, as, I, as I proved to you how they have not reached out to the market, and uh, right now, if you ask me whether this initiative can be solved with the market, right now, in short to medium run, a big move, in long run, yes, uh, it can reach out to the market, provided we solve the technological issues, provided we make, uh, we, uh, make uh, students responsible, provided that we, uh, and uh, mind you, the courses, uh, the Filipino nurses or the nurses from Latin America, which have in the US, they, these are classroom courses, and there are even the doctor, even most of the doctors in the United States that, that uh, you know, uh, uh, doctors in the United States are from outside. So, uh, these nurses train in Philippines in a, in a good medical college or a nursing institute, right? And same for the doctor to come there. Imagine a doctor studying online, that's not possible. Not virtually possible given the fact you are a MBBS student. So you understand the fact that that is that is never that could never be possible, right? So even for a, even that nursing student, she took her classes, uh, she did not take online classes, she studied in a nursing school, got educated in a classroom based education and then got the job. And that's how you develop topics in a nursing institute. Because you inter you get an opportunity to interact with patients of that language. So yes, that is good, I agree, but the problem is they would still remain unemployed. The company has just completed this argument. Has completed this argument. The, the first argument that, that you made in this, in this entire debate was uh, even after graduating, the student will remain unemployed. And uh, through online education, this will change it. So I, I again put to you how this will not change it because the company has to invest on her, on that nurse for one to two years to develop a soft skills and then become fully employed.
Thank you very much, Pranil and uh, Kalicharan. You both come with very, very valid points. Talking for the motion was Pranil, and he raised some great points. Education has to be modernized. Online education can reach a large number of population, and online education is accountable. Speaking against the motion was Kali Charan. Too much flexibility leads to procrastination by students, poor time management and lack of commitment from students. With that, we come to the close of Rebuttal. It was a pleasure to hear you on Rebuttal. Our listeners can participate in the debate on our website or via the Extra Insights app. We would love to hear your rebuttals. We shall see you next week with another real debate.